We have been broken by those bonds. And I'm going to go back to the point earlier. It is not that we are dragged down into that. We go there willingly. Grace of God, and this week is a wonderful idea for it. It's a wonderful timing as well. The grace of God has broken the shackles of sin. It has removed us from that old life. It has raised us into the new life in Christ. It is there, it is available, and we should walk in it. And we should not oppose ourselves. We make it so difficult. But we need to be taught how to get out of it. We would like to. What is the role of mature brothers and sisters? And Brother Roy? And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ Ephesians 4 11 through 15 a couple main points there in that line of series of things what he has given to some the apostles and such teachers is the last there is nothing more than that it is the minimum of what we have to give. We can all be teachers. Henceforth, be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, and laugh that we may grow up into Him in all things. The repetitive theme of us growing in Christ, attaining a new life in Christ, walking as Christ walked. That is the role. We've established the role of the church. We've established the role of brothers and sisters. If we fulfill our roles, we will see a greater tendency to growth, to maturity, a product of others. We are all responsible for our lives, and this is kind of like a bit of an antimony of the way it even exists in our own minds. I thought we're just responsible for ourselves. True, but yet we're taught to teach. If my child does not go to heaven someday, it will be on his shoulders or her shoulders. But I believe personally I have a culpability with how I taught and what I gave them to model after. The word that I put in front of them. It's an antimony that's difficult for us to exist. Personal accountability and then accountability for others as well. If we fulfill our roles. Colossians 1.10 reads, That ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's take a look then. What is, and we won't spend much time on this, because yeah, it's not the point that we're trying to establish today. The mature believer is just a short list of things. Walking as Christ walked. What are those things? Desire for God's word. Works of faith. Service. Giving to others. Steadfast. Firmly grounded. Desire for fellowship with the brethren. Life evidencing the fruit of the Spirit. There is lives marked by discipline. There is substantial victory over sin. There's a strong prayer life. There is a love for worship. Personal worship, corporate worship, praise and honor to the Father. A lives where the ambitions of this world are put behind and the ambitions of God and His heavenly calling. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press, and that word press means 
to press to the point of sweat, to push, to strive. That is the mark of maturity. Let's look at, just go back to the first one, and the Bible teaches it. A beautiful psalm, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Let's read what it says about just the first principle. Desire for God's word will be there in a mature believer. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth by the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It's powerful. Whatever he does will prosper, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He looks in it night and day. Many, many, many believers, and myself included for many times of my life, struggle with reading the Word. I'm just drawing the contrast again. We don't claim that as much. We don't share it. But it's a chore. I do it because I know I should. Somebody may ask me. I, I want to be more knowledgeable. I don't want to be so ignorant in a class setting. Somebody may ask me my favorite verse or ask me what I read. But it is a chore. That is understandable but inexcusable. And it's a product of an infant. What are the benefits if we have this discipleship, this teaching, the concept of teaching? What we will have is the lives of new believers will grow to be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. The lives of believers will change. Our families will thereby be changed. One person changing in a family can merely be a powerful effect to the next and to the next. And you have a couple people like that in a family, watch out. Because then here's what's coming. Then you got communities, that neighborhood better be ready. Because it's a coming. There is a family that is just rock solid in Christ. Not to their own credit. If they, when they're mature believers, it will not be about me. It will be about seeing through me. There's a beautiful song that the young people sing a lot. It's a modern Christian song that says uh, to the effect of, um, Lord, I wish I could attain to the level that I am not seen. That I can be transparent. In an immature believer's lives, it is a lot of you. see my clothes, you see this, you see this, you see Stan's hair, you see his walk. This is Stan. In maturity, it, it, the person becomes transparent. Less of self, more. It's an amazing walk. Communities will be affected by transparent people. That's what they're looking to see. They want to see something different than what they have. That, they see that, things will change. The church will be strong and vibrant. The term revival is overused, but there will be revival. God is a God of process and product in many, many levels. He does things in many orders. We come to Him properly, He will grant the increase. He has promised it. And I think very, very importantly, God has asked it. He has deemed it. He has made the way. What an affront to our Almighty God when we claim salvation as the end. And all, everything he's left in John 10.10, 10, I've come that they, uh, not for to steal and to kill, but that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And yet that abundant life has not been had. What does it say about our God to those we proclaim? 
Because again, we're not sharing our struggles. Or it is really what it, the effect that it has on this world is not that, well, Stan hasn't attained and he's got this amazing God. It is Stan has a philosophy. He has a theology, but it didn't make any practical relevance in his life. He has still the same broken relationships. He has still the same ambitions that he had before. He still is practically speaking the same person from what I see. Now, granted, that might not be completely true, but it's too close to being true to make anything radical for people asking me a reason of the hope that is in me with meekness and fear. Sometimes we wonder why people aren't asking me a reason of the hope that is within me. I teach it a whole topic, and Erwin and I have discussed this at length, on evangelism. There, I have, out of a 10-page form on that, nine pages are on abiding in Christ because you can give nothing that no one wants to receive. They're not going to ask of me a reason if, of my hope because I don't evidence it. If they don't see it, they're not going to come up. You know, when you, uh, when you see something that interests you, hey, where did you get that? Where, where can I get that? I didn't know they were selling that. Something different. Not a different philosophy. A different life. that abounds in Christ and points to Christ. This is what will happen. He that saith he abided in him ought also so to walk even as he walked. Our objective today has been to understand that believers in general are fundamentally struggling and not attaining the life, the newness of life wherein they were called and given to by the grace of God. If believers are struggling, what was the cause? The cause fundamentally is earnest believers, because I'm not going to challenge the heart. I refuse to do that because I've looked around. I see many earnest people desirous of the good things. They have a wonderful desire to be in that walk, to be in his vineyard, to be a servant in his vineyard that is a capable, effective servant, all pleasing unto the Heavenly Father. So if it's not a matter of the desire, what is it? It's a matter of the teaching. Holding accountable, showing by the hand, leading others. To do that, we have to be there ourselves. So we can't jump right to the teaching. Jumping to the teaching would be a big mistake. We have to teach, know, and understand and get there ourselves. God, by His grace, has helped many people get there by themselves to a large degree. That is, that is I would say, more the individual miracles of life where God has really set some people apart. They can help us. We can get going in that. And to teach others also that they may too attain to the newness of life. This is a passion that I believe we should all engage. I'm going to ask you, to leave, as you leave here today, I would ask you a favor to really pray about this, to see what God is speaking to you at. I would feel very, very bad if this was a mental ascent to a forum to give a nice topic and to discuss it, put, a little, put something on a screen and a display, and it didn't do anything in my personal life. I would ask you to pray about this and see what God is leading you to. What is God calling us to do as brothers and sisters in Christ? I think our leaders had it right in the covenant of fellowship. Think about it. Pray about it. I'd ask you to come back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about can this be done? How? Practically, what does this mean? What are the tools? What are the methods? How would we even begin? Good news, a lot of that's already been done. So, I will leave you to that. I will ask if we just close in prayer.
Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have heard our prayer and that you have abode with us. Lord, we pray that this the topic of discipleship, where am I at personally, Lord? I ask you to, as David did, to look in my heart, to help me look deep within and remove any of the obstacles therein. Lord, you can do it. You can create that miracle, the ongoing miracle of grace each and every day, Lord, that you may be glorified. It is your will that all glory comes to you and that we attain unto the new life in Christ. You are not a God that is an impotent God that cannot make it happen for in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we all leave here and earnestly commit this to prayer and listen to the Spirit. Lord, direct us in your will and your guidance, your confidence. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be open for questions throughout the week at all, and we'll also follow up with some questions tomorrow at the end of the time. Thank you.